Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, joined as always by my good friend and co-host, sidekick, Tom Dorian. Wow. I was going to say it's a wonderful day, but now that you said that, it really is a wonderful day. It's a beautiful day. Thank you, man. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day in the luxurious corner booth. We've got a fresh pot of coffee that just came out, and we got a great mission here. We do have a great mission. Yeah. So we're going to talk about mission. I can't wait. What what we should do, though, I think it'd be kind of fun to tell people how this particular show topic came about. Usually, usually I got a little, uh, you know, always got a little itch to scratch, right? I got a little topic in my head ready to go, and hey, you know, this is kind of going on. Let's talk about this, right? But you know, when when we talked about setting up this uh, session here, you know, this drawing blanks. Well, not so much that as I just didn't have anything ready at the ready. Right. I thought, well, let me just see what my good friend sidekick Tom suggest yeah so what did you do next yeah so just for the fun of it i'm, I'm in my office i have a good good friend who's a uh a protestant friend of mine and i said hey you're always asking questions about our church uh give me a show topic what do you want us to talk about and so he asked us to talk about how catholics disciple what's what's the discipleship world like in catholicism yeah discipleship so i guess to to even talk about that's a great topic it is you know, and maybe even a lot of our Catholic listeners would say, well, how do we disciple? What does that mean exactly? Right. right? And so I wonder if if we wouldn't want to stop and just, first of all, tonight, what? well, let's go back. We should okay. go back to the beginning. We should. And find out what the mission is, right? This mission of discipleship. We should. And where that came from. Yep. And I know everyone out there is probably familiar with the Great Commission. Exactly. Right? What Jesus said to the apostles. Right. Right before he went and ascended into heaven. Exactly. Right? So he gives them these these this sort of like this commission. He said, go and write a book. Yeah, he didn't say that. But no. he did say this. First of all, let's just start reading uh, in the gospel according to Matthew, mm-hmm. chapter 28. We're mm-hmm. going to start at verse 16, where we find the 11 disciples made their way to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had summoned them. At the sight of him, those who had entertained doubts fell down in homage. Jesus came forward and addressed them in these words. Full authority has been given to me, both in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to carry out everything I have commanded you. And I know that I am with you always, and know that I am with you always until the end of the world. Right. So those are very beautiful words. They are. And very mission-oriented. I mean, he tells them what to do. This is the end of the Gospel of Matthew. There's no more Matthew. Right. Right? Right. And he says, go. And yep. what does he tell us to do? Does he, he didn't say go Make write disciples. a book. Right. Did he, he didn't tell us to write a book. book. He didn't tell us to start a you know, soup kitchen or right. he didn't tell us to start a nice business. He didn't tell us to do that. He said go and make disciples right. of all the nations. Which means the whole world. That's right. So we're talking about now you need to go and, and he says, teach them to carry out everything I have commanded you. Yep. So this is a huge mission. It is. And so he says to go and make disciples. And obviously we know in this situation mm-hmm. and all through scripture, we hear the word disciple. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it's a follower. It is. You're right. Right. It's a, a teacher student relationship. It's uh, someone who's learning from another. That's exactly right. So the disciples are the followers of Jesus. They're learning from Jesus. Right. And so we see in this great commission where 
the apostles are now being charged with the responsibility of making followers, mm-hmm. listeners, learners of Jesus throughout the world. Right. Well, you know, this falls to us as well. It does. You're right. So many of the things that, that the apostles were charged to do fall right in our laps. It does. Right? That we've got to do this this as well. It's not Pass enough. Pass it on. You know, we can sit there and say, well, it's not my job. That's the apostle's job. Right. But here we see this idea of getting disciples and how we make disciples. You know, a lot of people, a lot of times your Protestant friend might miss this passage. Now, he hears it and he, he can say this, uh, I'm sure. Uh, from right. memory, I, I'm, I'm certain of that, but they don't always focus on the, the second half of verse 19, mm-hmm. where it says, "Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit." Right. See, here's an interesting little point we're going to start off our show with: mm-hmm. the the difference that some people perceive in sort of a Protestant discipleship and a Catholic discipleship. Right. Now, obviously, that perception is there. He wouldn't have brought it up. That's right. There is that perception. Right. But there's also that perception, and, and there's even a disconnect, even within the Catholic Church, with people not understanding what it means to be a disciple. I agree. I think you're right. So yeah. I think he's right on the money uh, in, in being concerned about this and wanting to know more about it. Yeah. But I think first we would look at maybe what the vision of a disciple is or what, the way discipleship is kind of exercised in a, in a, in a Protestant world, in an okay. evangelical world. Yeah. And frequently what you'll experience, there's a lot of knocking on doors. Right? Yeah. There's a lot of, of, of going out there and spreading the good news that way. There is. You're right. You, you also have mission trips. Right. It's quite often that you would hear like, oh, my, my daughter's on mission this year with right. so-and-so and so-and-so. Right. That it's part of their regular uh, spirituality, of their, right. their, of their Christianity. Exactly. To go on mission. Mm-hmm. You know, for a period of time. They'll go and try to save those Catholics, you know, overseas, right? So you hear that a lot, right? Right. So you've got this knocking on doors, this idea of going door-to-door, but not so much just door-to-door, but but anybody they meet. Right. You know, asking where they go to church, just to kind of start that conversation. Right. Right? And then also there's this, you know, there are organized events, you know, like block parties or some other kind of... uh, you know, trick or trunk, or what do they call it? Trunk or treat. You know, yeah. at churches a lot of times at Halloween time, right? Right. In order to have a, guests in. a Christian version of Halloween, exactly. We can talk about that's a whole other topic. But you know, it you is. invite people in, right? You know, you off the street, you know, and right. then also you have other church sort of socials and and other church gatherings and right. opportunities for people to hear the word of God. Yeah. And then of course one of the big ones is is sort of like like inner city missions or 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 inner city churches that you know pop up here and there and there's this phrase called church planning. Right. Where you you, you go and you plant a church. You get a, a couple of folks, you plant a church, you kind of start a church a little small church community there. Hopefully that's going to be build up or whatever and then all over the place and you have this sort of systematic mm-hmm. uh forestation that takes place, right? right. With this idea of church planting. So that's the typical perspective you'll see. Mm-hmm. There, there, I'm sure there's other examples, but essentially it's that go, therefore. It's, right. it's, it's make disciples of all the nations, and here's how we do it. Right. Now, the Catholics are not as familiar with some of these things. Mm-hmm. I'll, let me say it a different way. Modern Catholics tend not to be as familiar with these things. If you ask when the last time a, uh, you know, a, a, a Catholic in the last 20 years went and knocked on their neighbor's door... Or, or just even invited someone and shared the, and shared the gospel, not just a casserole. Right, right. Shared right, the right. gospel with them. Mm-hmm. You're going to hear a little bit of like you're going to see nervousness first in their <laughs> face, and then you're going to hear silence, and then you're going to hear about uh, you know how you're their right. kids doing in ballet or whatever. You're gonna hear, the, the subject will be changed. It'll shift. That's exactly right. So 
I do want to point out, you know, and give credit where credit is due and just say that I think you don't often hear me say this, but, you know, the Protestants have it right here. I think you're right. And if you listen to Pope Francis right now, what is he doing? What what Pope Francis is doing right now is trying to get us as Catholics to see the wisdom, the beauty, the gift, the purpose, the meaning, the zeal and ardor, all these things we're supposed to do in evangelization. The new evangelization. The idea that we're supposed to be going out. Right, we're not yep. supposed to be staying in the pews, and that can be problematic if yeah. we stay in the pews. Right, right, exactly. Now, I'm not going to say that uh, you know the Catholics are terrible at discipleship because there are many, many great Catholic disciples. There are many people who are just apologists for the faith that, that are just going out there uh, with filled with with zeal, filled with the Holy Spirit. And they want to they want to share what they know about their Catholic faith. Yeah. we have new converts all the time. My RCIA class is filled. It is. Oh yeah, there's like 75 people in that room, and they just—they're excited about coming into the church, and and uh, their sponsors in there as well, and they, and they just right. want to—they want to be part of some exciting thing. It's exciting for them, and so they share that right. with people. So there's a lot of discipleship and evangelization that goes on in there as well. Right. But there's all, a lot of things that people don't even realize that are going on and have been going on for centuries in the Catholic Church. Absolutely. You know, if you look at the history of hospitals. Yeah. You look at the history of, of foreign missions. Yep. I mean, these all came out of the Catholic Church. Schools. Schools came out of the Catholic Church. Right. It was the Catholic Church, the religious orders that started all these things. Right. And a lot of people don't realize the Order of Malta started hospitals. They're right. still called the, the Hospitlers. That's exactly St. Right. John of Jerusalem. Because they started this concept of, of ministering to the sick. In fact, those knights used to minister to the people that, even the Muslims, that they were embattled with exactly. during crusades. Yep. And so I guess the point in all this is to, is to realize that we have a great heritage, a great tradition in the Catholic faith in discipling. Now, again, does that mean everything's rosy? No. No, it doesn't mean everything's rosy. In fact, uh, I'm going to go ahead and applaud your, your Catholic friend and say, or sorry, your non-Catholic friend, right. you know, your work associate, and say, yeah, well, we need to talk about that. This is a great topic, and I think the Holy Spirit's at work here to say we need to let's let's address this show. Not only we'll we'll devote it to to your friend there, but also to Catholics who are like going. Well, wait a second. What does it mean to be a disciple? Right. And how do I disciple? If you're, are you telling me I have to go knock on doors and I have to do all these things? Well, I may be telling you that at the end of this. Right. At the end of this show, you might find a new. We'll, we'll wait for the end because we don't want you to click it off. That's right. If That's you hear it now, it might go click. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be show's easy. over. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly <laughs> right. We'll give you the the secret handshake is coming up at the end of the show, so don't <laughs> right. turn it off if you want to be able to do the decoder ring that every Catholic. Right, gets. but you're not going to end up there anyway. No, I'm not, and I'm teasing. But but the point is, what does it mean to be a disciple? We need to talk about that. We do, and so we're going to do that. But first, all right, we're going to take a break. Okay, uh, and as we take that break, uh, we're going to hear my beautiful wife. Of course. Talking about St. Francis Xavier. Best part of the show. Yeah, great, great, uh, great missionary, great mm-hmm. guy. Um, but also, I uh, would like to tell people about our website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. We've just redesigned the website, uh, some functionality to it, and you can actually now search topically, and you can search by guests. So it's kind of cool where you can just say, I want to learn more about purgatory. And you go to the little thing and you click purgatory. And okay, it you can search up. it by most popular show, too. You, you also We also can do the most popular shows. Yeah, that's neat. Yeah, so all the things that people cool. want. If you want to know about contraception, purgatory, marriage between one man and one woman, 
you can do it on our website just by searching through that topical yeah. index. But also, if you want to hear the great shows we did with Father Robert Barron or um, uh, Peter Kraft or some of these guys, you can search for the, the guest of the show, yep. and it'll find it. So uh, take advantage of that feature. That's kind of cool. Uh, also, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And now your great commissioning is to come back <laughs> after this break. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Have you ever felt the tug to leave everything behind and become a missionary to a distant land? One man named St. Francis Xavier did just that. He gave his life over and followed the call to bring Christ's love to those who had never experienced it before. Francis Xavier was born into a wealthy and educated family in Spain. The promise of worldly success was laid before him. But he felt that tug to leave the comfort of his home to fulfill the gospel's call to go and make disciples of all nations. While studying at the University of Paris, Francis met St. Ignatius of Loyola, the founder of the Society of Jesus, and the two decided that Francis should be ordained a priest in the order. After many years of prayer and work in Europe, Francis was sent to the East Indies to bring the good news to those who had never known Christ. Francis traveled halfway across the globe to Goa, India, where he began to lay the foundation for the church's mission there. For the first few months, he ministered to the poor and the sick in the local hospitals. He later started instructional schools where the street children heard the teachings of the Catholic faith. From India, Francis traveled to Japan, where he again preached the gospel and baptized thousands of souls. Pope Benedict XVI said of St. Francis Xavier and St. Ignatius, A unique desire, a unique passion it could be said, moved and sustained them through different human events. The passion to give to God a glory always greater and to work for the proclamation of the gospel of Christ to the peoples who had been ignored. In the short span of 10 years, Francis Xavier brought thousands into the arms of the church. Through his simple ways and zeal for the gospel, he was able to spread the message of Christ's love to a part of the world barely aware of the Savior's promises. St. Francis Xavier once wrote, Many, many people hereabouts are not becoming Christians for one reason only. There is nobody there to make them Christians. His words apply to our own times as well. We may not be able to travel to distant lands, but we can all share in St. Francis' missionary spirit by spreading the truth of Christ in our families, on our college campuses, and in our communities. St. Francis Xavier's Feast Day is celebrated by the Church on December 3rd. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this has been another great moment in Church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm still sitting here with Tom Dorn. He hasn't yes, left sir. yet. Present. Usually, usually by you know the break, you're a little bit long coming back because you got to get the, a couple more donuts and exactly. refill the coffee. Got to fight the lion, man! You look at the lines <laughs> over there, man. I'm excited that so many people want to come to the Catholic Good Cafe. Good stuff. Good donuts. So let's talk about discipleship. Let's because what we're going to get ready to say is not something that um, I don't know. 
a lot of people assume Catholics know a lot about. While the Catholic Church has a great, very rich tradition in history of of discipleship, of being on mission, of Mm -hmm. spreading the gospel, of evangelizing. Right. Modern-day Catholics have kind of relegated themselves to their pew and maybe to uh, an occasional uh, church barbecue or something. Right. Yeah, there's a difference between knowing and doing. That's exactly right. So we're going to talk about that. Right. And maybe this is going to be our, our sort of, uh, the Catholic Cafe sort of great commission. Yeah. Not to take away from Jesus' great commission. Right. But to sort of build on it, expand echo. on it. Right. To echo it exactly right. Right. And so, w- essentially, we're going to talk about, I want to talk about the very first word at the beginning of verse 19. Okay. And that is the word go. Big word. Jesus says go. And that's a very small word. But it has large implications, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, so that's what you meant by big word. It's a big word. Right. It's important for us to realize that the first thing Jesus said is go. He didn't say sit, therefore, or write, therefore, right. or read, therefore, or think, therefore. Right. He said go. He didn't even say pray, therefore. I remember having a conversation uh, with Father Frank Pavone. Remember he talked about, he gave this example of how do we save babies, and we can do it with prayer. Oh, yeah, And that's beautiful. And he talked about the firehouse. That is a great example. If you call the firehouse and say, my house is on fire, and say, we're going to pray for you. <laughs> it doesn't help. It doesn't. It, well, you know, it does help in, co- in, in sort of co- the cosmic scheme of things. It does. But, but your house still burns down. Exactly. Jesus here doesn't want us not to pray, but he does want us to go. Right. Now, this is at the end of Jesus' earthly ministry. Right? right. This is the tail end. These are the last words, right, of Jesus to those who um, realize what's going on here. Right. So what you should look at is what has he been doing for those previous three years? Yeah, he's been giving an example. And preparing them. That's right. right? You're right. So if we're getting ready to go on a big journey. You got to get prepared. We got to get prepared. Yep. And you can do it by living someone's example. Like, as you just said, Jesus gave them an example. Right. And then also in the the concept of preparing. So if we're going to disciple, if we're going to be a Catholic that gets up out of the pew and goes, Mm -hmm. then we need to be prepared. Yep. The last thing you want to do is start discipling and missioning and be unprepared. Exactly. Now, see, our, our Protestant brothers and sisters, they got this nailed, too. They do. They got classes. Right. And people willingly go to them. They go to church at least twice a week. So we should be studying. We need to study. We need to read. We need to expose ourselves to the truth. You can't share the truth if you don't know the truth. Right. Right? Yep. And, and that can be problematic. And so you've got these really simple things. Every church has got them. Or you can start one. Right. Well, a Bible study. Right. A simple thing. There are tons of resources. And get yourself a good Catholic Bible. Mm-hmm. It's the big, thick one because it's got those extra books. <laughs> That's a whole other show topic. <laughs> right? So get the get all 73 books of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Right? And there's some great – Ignatius has got a great uh, Catholic study Bible. Right. That helps you uh, – and they're working on the Old Testament now, but they've got the whole New Testament done. And just go through it and start reading the notes and the commentaries and understand what's going on. Right. And as you expose yourself to that truth, it calls you to live that truth and to be that truth and to share that truth. That's, that's exactly right. And that's the key to evangelization right yep. there. So you start with what is truth and, and how do I share that? The Bible is a great place to do that. Yep. But we know as Catholics that it's not Scripture alone. It's not Sola scriptura, but it's also scriptura because we also have the gift of sacred tradition that the the Bible clearly speaks about uh, that we're supposed to follow not only what the the apostles wrote for us, but what they told us, right? 
what they said either word or in letter. And so those are things that we need to be aware of. So we have this sacred tradition of the church right. that, that we know that we can use and utilize. We need to understand and know because if the church is you know, founded on truth, if it is truth, right. then knowing that truth is, is, uh, is an awesome way to start and kind of figure out what it is that you're going to do with that truth. That's exactly right. right. You've got to know it right. before you share it. Right. One of the great ways to do that is to pick up the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Perfect. It it lays everything out. Now, it uses a lot of Scripture. It does. But it also talks about the early church fathers and, and uh, the great documents from uh, the various councils, Vatican II, but also Trent, and many... Uh, it is many, neat. It's it has a wonderful, this chock full yeah. of neat stuff in there. And it's very, very um, robust. It's full it of stuff. It's not like a... Uh, you know, a light reedy read. No, right? it's very it's, fluid. It's very easy to get around. But it's he- but it's heavy duty, heavy topic. lifting. It's good stuff. It is great stuff, and it's full. So it it's is. a great opportunity for people to know more about their faith. And then, of course, so we've got the study part, right? We we've got this idea of Bible studies, or or you know, listening to the Catholic Cafe is a way to do that. Just any way One to, of the to best. right? Yeah, yeah. It, it's <laughs> it's email you too. Th- that's exactly right. Yeah. But see, the point is engage in growing your mind and your heart. It's not going to happen just by showing up for one hour a week. And, That's right. You know, going to mass and checking a box and then and, moving and on. And listening to a 10-minute homily. Right. You know, it's nice. You're going to get out of it what you put into right. it. Right. The 10-minute so. homily is not, it's not geared That's to the teach you everything. That's thing right. means. Exactly. you got to get up and go. Right. Now, I will say that that there is this concept where go, it seems counterintuitive, but it's actually still true. But... The the whole thing starts though by sitting. Exactly, it starts by sitting in mass, right? Because there is something that happens in mass that is beautiful. That's right, the, the Eucharist, right? Right, and also sitting opposite or uh, in front of a priest in yeah. the sacrament of confession. Oh yeah, we Perfect. receive graces here. Yep. we receive real graces. When we receive the Eucharist, we partake in the divine nature. We right. taste of the divine. And it transforms us. It helps us. It helps us to grow. It helps us to be stronger. When we receive the Eucharist in a state of grace, grace happens. Absolutely. Right? And so these are ways which we start by sitting. We start by sitting at Mass. Right. And then we, once we are uh, uh, equipped. You know, equipped. Or armed. Yeah, exactly. In grace. When, when we're filled with this grace that comes sacramentally to us. Right. Then we can go. And then, of course, there's also sustaining that and also keeping that line of communication with God open through prayer. Exactly. So Bible study, catechism, prayer, confession, Eucharist, these are ways in which we as Catholics prepare to be disciples. Right. Right. So now, what does it mean to be a disciple? Okay, here we go. We're now we're actually tailing to the end of the program, and this is the most important part. It's not long, though. It's not. It's pretty simple. Exactly. How do you disciple? Right? Where should we go to foreign lands? We could. You could. Right? Should we? You could st- and you should. Should we start can. some big? Should we start our own church or our own study group or our own? Should we start some big thing? Should I, should I do a TV show? Should I? You know, we're thinking big, and that's nice. But you know, the reality is, discipleship starts where? In your home. It starts in your house. People you live with. That's right. And, and, and it branches out from there. But it starts with them. I mean, you, you, you need to encounter people where they are. And right. there's people that you know that trust you, that love you, that are in your house. Right. And you can start there with your children. Yep. Start with your spouse. Yep. Uh, the, the people that visit your home, your good friends right. that come over. Discipleship is 
how where you, you are. That's right. It's where you are is where you do it. But what it is – no, yeah, right. It's where you are. But what it is is in that encounter. Right. So it's sharing the gospel, but right. it's also just living your life in an exemplary way. Yeah. I, I'm always amazed at the number of times people say, well, you know, my kids don't listen to me. I tell them to do this more and I tell them to do that more. And I think, well, are you doing that? Are they watching you do something different than what you're saying? Right. You know, because they kids can spot uh, they can spot a hypocrite a mile away. Oh man, they're they're looking. They exactly. see every move. Exactly right. So if we want our kids to be holier, we need to be holier. Exactly. We need to start in our own homes in discipling. Right. We need to share the good news of Jesus to those that we love, those that we know intimately, that, that God put us with. Right. In this little small community, that's where it starts. Right. Because that's what he did. By, by living it. Exactly right. But right. That's, that's, why, that's what right. he did. That was right. his plan right. of salvation for the world. He came Absolutely. to the Jews. These are my, this is my little family, my little people. Right. We're going to yeah. start with my peeps. Yeah. Right. And it's going to and it's going to blossom and grow from that. Right. Christianity today came out of the Jews. Right. Out of Israel. Yep. And so we need to look at that and realize that that that's where all that that came from. And so your family is like a little Israel. It's like a little Jerusalem. That's right. It's the, it's the seat. Right. Of this. It's where you plant that seed that's going to grow. It's the domestic church. And then, of course, we need to we, we bridge out to the people that we work with. Exactly. The people that we go to school with. Yep. And the people that we meet in the street, in the in the store, not necessarily just going up and knocking people over the head and saying, hey, do you know Jesus? Right. But essentially having conversations with people. I was just in a restaurant the other day when wearing a Catholic cafe shirt. Uh-huh. And they said, they looked at the, the thing and said, where is the Catholic cafe? I said, well, it's on the radio. <laughs> and, it's, and it started a 15-minute conversation about the faith. That's great. And so that's an opportunity. We all have those opportunities. Right. When we meet people, that's discipleship. Yep. And it involves going, right? It it's does. anywhere that we go, we should be taking Jesus with us. Yep. We don't leave him back at home. We don't leave him in our Bible on the on the table in front of the television or in the living room or whatever or on yep. the shelf, heaven forbid. Right. We take Christ with us wherever we go. We encounter people. We do encounter the poor. We do encounter the disenfranchised. We do encounter those people. And we spend time with those people because that's where Christ is needed most, perhaps, the most vulnerable, the unborn, all these opportunities we have to disciple. It doesn't necessarily mean from a Protestant perspective of carrying our Bible and showing them verses that help them to be saved. Right. It means living a life that is Christ-like so that people see Christ in you and they become more Christ-like and they welcome Christ into their lives. You're right. That's the most profound way I think that we can do that. Yes, do we share the Bible with them? Do we share the truth? We absolutely do. Yep. And that may be a, a key fundamental difference. And we do that. That verse that I was saying your friend might have overlooked is that baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Right. That's the key. We, we get people baptized. They become children of God. Right. That's how we disciple. That's right. Let's pray. Name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, Jesus sent his apostles out to make disciples of all the nations. Help us, Father, to come to a greater understanding of what it means to be a disciple and to engage in ministry with a holy zeal that only your spirit can enliven. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee.
Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.